listening to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. I really want to dive in today. A couple of things I want to touch on, one of which is that I always kind of start at there's so many women in my orbit that are in this virtual assistant phase looking to Mm. transition, looking to specialize. And you've gone from being an executive assistant to sort of like flirting, I guess, of being a VA would be be the right term because you weren't there for long before you like podcast. Your career, your VA work and podcasts, they're so different, right? So where's the connector? What made you choose podcasts? And tell me about that EA to VA to podcast journey. You're right. I did flirt a little bit of a dance with the VA world. But if I'm honest with you, moving from EA to VA sounded really simple, except that it's one thing as an EA to have your chief executive or your board member sitting two feet away from you to then in your bedroom, which is where I, you know, my office is all set up, to supporting at that time seven women in the US. I had someone in New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand at one point. That's hectic time which zones. is, yeah. So when I'm waking up, she's kind of going to bed and putting the kids to sleep. And so I just didn't think I was burnt out. I had my job. Asbeska, did you burn out? Because that sounds like a recipe yeah, so for I it. so I burnt out probably eight to ten weeks in. I burnt out. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. And then a couple of weeks after that, I found out I was losing my job. So this was back in 2020 oh, wow. when we were in the mix of it. And in terms of where podcasting came about, I was actually working. One of my clients had a book coming out, her own book. And so she was doing all, she was doing a podcast guesting tour. And I was repurposing those episodes for her social media. And long story short, that took me down the podcast rabbit hole, so to speak. I then found out I was losing my job and I thought, okay, this, I can't, (laughs) I can't do this VA stuff. And because I was new, I was still in my business and I just wanted something that I had transferable skills into, but I felt like I was making a difference. I don't see the messaging a lot now, although I'm in a different space in my business. But when I started, there was a lot of social media posts. All I heard was making an impact, making a difference. And that really started to get to me with the VA stuff, because I thought, well, I'm just scheduling meetings or I'm just, you know, scheduling social media posts. Like what impacts am I making? So I really, that message really... Didn't land. Yeah. And I wanted more. And so between me losing my job and burnout, I naturally then transitioned into podcast management in January 2021. So I spent the Christmas binging this podcast manager course and then transitioned slowly. I dropped all my VA clients by the May. So it wasn't an immediate thing. Yeah, I always say that's healthy, though, because it's it. Yeah. It keeps you secure, keeps your nervous system regulated, keeps the bills paid. Like, I don't know about the nervous system. <laughs> I was, yeah, there were some moments of spiraling. I need to keep my VA clients because I might not find podcast manager clients. Yeah, it was a whole, <laughs> it was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of the story in three minutes or so. I love that. I love <laughs> that. It's, it's really interesting because clearly something about the work that you were doing in the mix of the seven clients you really gravitated towards podcasting. That seemed to be the thing that like lit you up maybe. Yeah. So I think the main thing with being a VA that I struggled with, yes, I had my nine to five and I would wake up and, you know, at around six, I had a new puppy back then who was waking up with the sun. So I would start working between six, eight thirty, have a quick shower and then like five till late. So burnout was inevitable. Uh, But what really contributed and this might just this isn't for everyone, but flipping between tasks. Yeah, because every client I did different stuff for. So it's not like I was a social media manager and I was I can batch 
the same task together. One half an hour, I was doing those social media posts. The other half an hour, scheduling emails. And my brain didn't. (laughs) And as an EA, yes, I was used to switching. I did it for one person. Different. Yeah, it is different. And so in terms of transitioning to podcast management, what I love about we'll get into it but the one in terms of the task you can batch yeah you can batch especially when you've got every every client needs more or less the same thing editing is standard for all my clients so yes I can look at my calendar and think about when am I going to edit when am I going to schedule when am I going to do show notes you know what I mean instead of I'm going to do this for the first five minutes of my day yeah exactly exactly I think that's so true because of the VAs that are They've left their day jobs and they move into VA work. They hit the burnout mm. because they're serving so many different clients on like itty bitty contract to make up their salary. And often yep. they're undercharging. Often they're taking their own clients on. Often there are multiple time zones involved. And the, yep. the constant Wimbledon tennis in their brain between clients is not sustainable. And this is why they, yep. they usually come to me where they're like, this, this isn't the dream. How am I supposed to get to like not working quite full time? And being able to make the money that I want to make away from with the freedom of not being in a nine to five. So like, yes, yeah. it speaks loud and clear to a lot of the people that listen. It's like, I'm there. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. do something else. Ooh, podcasting. So we also come across podcast managers and editors. And I know mm-hmm. what that is, but not the podcast launch strategy that you kind of even mm-hmm. further niche down into. What? Yeah. What called you to do that specifically? So I'm coming up three years in September in my business. Yay. So I'm a bit further along. Celebrating that. <laughs> but two years ago, I followed all the shoulds. You know, I was listening to what every coach on my feed had to say. Yeah. And one of those things was, how can you stand out? How can you be different from others in your niche? And so I did the podcast manager role, like I said, January 2021. By the end of the year, my clients would stick to their three month. I had a minimum three month contract. Sensible. And for multiple reasons, each and every one at the end of that three months would leave. It's usually, oh, I haven't got the money, the budget anymore. Yeah. And I just found that so frustrating. But again, coaches were saying, you should have a retainer. You should, you should, you should. And I remember it was November 2021. I came across Sarah Maxi, who the VIP day queen. And I found her in a summit or a bundle or something. And I was really, really intrigued by this VIP day idea. Uh. But again, the coaches say you should, you should, you should. And so I parked (laughs) parked that idea, but I thought about how else could I be different? Yeah. And over Christmas, I've got to think about Christmas. But over Christmas... It's a reset. It's genuinely like a mental (laughs) refresh, whether we like it or not. It catches it. (laughs) Exactly. But over Christmas, I really thought about how I could go into the new year doing what I loved. And that's when I realized I could, I do have transferable skills from being an EA. And those are planning ahead, organization. Like as an EA, you need to be five steps ahead of your boss at any, you need to have done the thing before they even think to ask. So how can I bring that into my role? Like, what do I love doing? And I had a few launches in that first year, even though I was a podcast manager, I had a few launches. I landed my first podcast launch client two weeks after doing that course, so mid-January. Amazing. And what I really love about launches is it's very much like a project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Having started your own podcast, I'm sure you can think back. There's lots of different moving parts. Yeah. And this is why people get overwhelmed. Yeah. But my superpower always has been, I've been known to go into jobs and they're just doing something that I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, why are you making something so complicated? Like, why are you making it complicated when it can be so simple? So yeah. I took that same approach when it came to podcasting. And that's kind of where the podcast launched strategists. And I did a Google, I did an Instagram search, I did all the things <laughs> and no one else was calling themselves that. <laughs> so I was like, ooh. Um, and so I specialize in podcast launches. There are a lot of other people who love to work with existing podcasters or podcast business owners as I like to call them and I do have some retainer clients but yeah I light up I'm passionate about amplifying women's voices for them to use this platform as a way to 
share their voice, to share their message, because for way too long, we have just been, you know, brushed to the side. And so I, I won't get on my high horse about my mission and values. It's my soapbox but... <laughs> too. Like we're told yeah. to keep quiet, keep small, keep polite, you know, dare exactly. we voice our opinions. And the, exactly. the most like in tune we are with our voice and able to speak it, the better our entire lives are. I finally, a year later, <laughs> came round to the VIP day idea, decided, you know what? I'm too far into my business. I need to start doing what I want to do in my business. And so, yes, again, I think I am also the only person who does podcast launch VIP days in the way that I do them. So I've essentially compressed a six to eight week launch plan, which is what I was doing before, into a VIP. It is over two weeks, but your podcast is produced in a four to five hour window and your trailer goes live the next day. So I've just tried to position myself in a little bit of a different way than what's already out there, but staying true to what lights me up. And this VIP day model is so far away. If we think back to September 2020, Uh, when I was burnt out and doing all the things, like there's so much white space on my calendar. (laughs) It's amazing. Mm. Well, also you're a mother, <laughs> right? So there's a need for you to have that flexibility. So that needs to be baked in. And you're finally realizing that this is by your design. Now you've got the experience, yeah. now the expertise, your brand is built. Mm. You're now in this position where you're like, should I get to make it work for me even more? Which is phenomenal. Exactly. Because it's like, exactly. we kind of all need to hear that this is actually the case. Because there's yeah. a lot of nonsense marketing out there. Um, there is. But you have to learn to filter (laughs) but it is also incredibly possible and and the takeaway from this for me and the people listening is that when you niche and get really clear on your niche you can increase your cash and reduce the time you spend working it isn't isn't some bs bro marketing stuff by getting specialized you begin to earn more because you can command more because you're very good at what you do. Your processes are rinsed and repeat and rinsed and repeat. Exactly. And then you're able to create more white space so that you aren't working all the hours. And so it's yeah. completely opposite to the woman who was serving seven clients as a VA for multiple time zones. You're like, <laughs> and you worked so hard to get there as well, right? So not saying it's yeah. easy. I'm not saying it's a linear journey, which I can imagine it's been plenty of ups and downs. Yeah. But it's worth it. A thousand percent. Per- yeah. And then you also have your own podcast. And when did you decide you were going to start that? And how did you, like, tell me about that process? So you're like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. How are we doing it? Because there's so many people thinking of starting podcasts. So, no, I, yeah, I just came off a networking call before we started chatting. And I was surprised that half of the women already have a podcast. And I was just like, ah, cheering them on because podcasting is such an amazing platform. But my podcast came about, so going back to my earlier story, transitioned into podcast management January 2021. I was really struggling with marketing. My background is very much admin, office management, that team management, nothing whatsoever to do with marketing. I wasn't really on social media. I had handles, I had profiles, but I'll sketch up the news. If I'm being totally <laughs> honest, LinkedIn was just, you know, jobs. And so this marketing thing was really racking my brain. Yeah. So this is six months in. I started working with a marketing coach and I was more or less complaining. And we were going through all the different marketing strategies. I was like, nope, 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 doesn't work for me. <laughs> and she said, why don't you start a podcast? And I just laughed. I was like, huh? I've only just started serving clients last month. Like, what do you mean? And I just turned the conversation in a totally different direction. Let me ask you this. What came up for you when you were like, no, that may never. Like, what was the thing that was coming up there? What am I going to talk about? Who's going to listen to me? As I just said, I only started my podcast. A month, I mean, my podcast management business a month ago. Who am I? To be talking about anything. Well, I have to say, right, yeah. Yeah, and oh my God, how visible will I become? Because in that short time and my course, I knew the visibility opportunities when it comes to podcasting. There is no way that Rosemary over here in the UK is going to have her voice heard in any other part of this world. All these thoughts. I I shared them with my coach as well. It's really interesting because literally I talked to so many girlfriends like you yep. helped my friend Debbie, Debbie, yes. uh, Debbie does the Quiz yeah. Funnel Queen, um, launch her podcast. And she had, because yeah. we talked through it because I was like, Debs, you've got to do a podcast. You're the most brilliant, yeah. funny woman I know. She so is. much to say, so passionate about what you do. 
and you're so unique in the way you say and do it. So yeah. it just has to be like something that you do. And all of the same things that you've just said, who am I? Like my voice will yeah. be heard. I'm scared of being visible. What's the worst that's going to happen? Or, you know, I'm going to look silly. I'm going to have nothing to talk mm-hmm. about. That just kind of reverberates to every other business owner I yeah. know who's thinking about starting a podcast. <laughs> You're not alone. We all think it. Yeah. Every, even the Jenna Cushers and the Amy Porterfields, <laughs> they would have had those thoughts. But once you get started, it is a beautiful journey. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was the May that I suddenly had this idea. So three months after this conversation, just woke up. I think I just woke up one day. I just started a podcast as though it was my own thoughts, my <laughs> own idea. But at that point, I was really struggling. I hate writing. I was struggling to market my business in terms of writing social media captions. I love to chat. And so I just embraced the idea. By then, I was six months into my own podcast management business. I had seen results with my clients. I had really honed my processes. And so I thought, I'm just going to do it. And so I launched just recently had a rebrand. So my own podcast has kind of shifted and I've learned so much in those two years from doing my own show, but also continuing to work with launch clients as well. Um, What do you think has changed for you having had your own podcast now? What's it done for you and your business? So much. It's really allowed on a personal level, if I could start there, Uh, it's really grown my confidence I start when I started my podcast, I was never going to speak to another living being ever in life. Like I was never like you and I, I know I'm a guest on your show, but I never No, I'm not interviewing anyone. Oh, God, no, that's never <laughs> happening. Um, and now I've interviewed, I think, over 20 amazing female entrepreneurs, Aww. amazing conversations. But it's also the confidence. I feel so confident behind the mic, even more so like showing up on social media and talking to stories and all that kind of stuff. It just feels more natural. Um, And then business-wise, obviously, lead generation played a huge factor. Lead generation, but also lead conversion. I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, has it genuinely got you clients? thousand percent. (laughs) So when I, and I think if I'm honest, what you talked about earlier about niching also played a part. So I had a, I had someone reach out to me. One of my podcast listeners reached out Thanksgiving. She's American. So reached out last year, Thanksgiving. I'm binging your podcast. You, it was like really late. I think it was midnight here. Listen to your podcast all day. And then she messaged again. I'm falling asleep with you. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> but Sure. But essentially, long story short, she kept engaging with my content in, on Instagram, kept DMing me to say, oh my gosh, I really loved that episode. And then randomly, the timing is interesting. I'd literally just had a total meltdown with a nightmare client. And she yeah. messaged me on Instagram to say, do you do a fast launch? Oh. And I was like, huh. <laughs> just two days ago, I was thinking about pivoting, finally doing this VIP day yeah. thing. And here she is, two weeks of being in my world. And I told her, actually, (laughs) this is a new idea. I'm going to need 24 hours to get myself together. And yeah, I just stayed up, pulling every... Because this is a six-week launch plan that I now need to somehow compress into something that I hadn't really thought about until someone jumped into my DMs and asked me a question. And long story short... She didn't quibble at the price. She'd been listening to my podcast for all that time. Uh, so she just jumped in. I did not, not a beta test, but a bit lower to see for the yeah. first three people. People jumped in. I booked for January in like late, in late November. So that's the direct lead generation yeah. part of it. Uh-huh. And then lead conversion is where people listen, but you don't necessarily know they've been listening so they're the lurkers i guess we would call them the lurkers and the and happy then, stalkers <laughs> the, stalker, that's the ones we like not the, the ones, ones we like who just then suddenly pop up or book a call with you you're like where did you come from but i've had a few of those definitely this year oh. and because of my form i ask where have you heard me uh-huh. it's either i've got two podcast guest interviews that are very profitable it's either one of those Ooh. two interviews they come from uh-huh. or they'll say my podcast and then we have the discovery call and it's usually i've listened to your podcast you don't need to sell to me like i just have a couple questions let's go and I remember as a VA or an early podcast manager dreaming of this moment. Yes. And I think niching down into like podcast strategy and launches, uh, 
but then also providing a service that no one... There are podcast VIP days. VIP days, you're supposed to focus on a small, strategic, actionable section of your offer. Whereas Rosemary's decided to just put the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, (laughs) But I promise you, it's streamlined, it works, my clients love it. Yeah. But... I am doing things a little bit differently. So yes, lead generation, lead conversion, opportunities. Shortening your sales process is what I'm hearing from that as well. You're getting, whereas like person that just looks on your Instagram or something, is a cold lead. They might converse with you over stories. Oh, that's a funny dog, cat, whatever. (laughs) And then they might like stay in your orbit for a couple of months. And then so they're like cold ball-ish, but you're literally warming people up. So when they're hot, as we very yeah. clinical sales words, but these are humans. Hot human. They are like toasty, warm, ready to be like, push the button. Just uh, just a couple of questions that they've pre-decided they're in yeah. for what you've got, which is incredible. So you're making your sales process by having a podcast yeah. 10 times easier. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And they're my dream clients as well. I will mention that I have been working on my messaging over the past few months. Yes. So that is, it's not kind of like a B boom. Like there are other factors involved. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely lead generation, lead conversion, opportunities to speak. So I do podcast swaps if it's the right fit or yeah. they might hear my podcast, find my podcast, reach out for me to be a guest on theirs. My clients have had different um, results. One has been invited to be a resident coach in someone else's community. There's so There's so much scope. There's so much opportunity and I just feel like everyone, it's not for everyone, Uh but because if your audience doesn't listen to podcasts, doesn't matter for whatever reason, there's no point. But for the majority of female business owners, female entrepreneurs, a podcast is an amazing marketing tool, Uh but a lot of people see it as there's so many misconceptions out there, like it takes so long to see results, which is a big one that I believed when I started. Yeah, talk, to, talk about that because a lot of messaging about podcasts is it's a long get. You yeah, put that in a phrase lot before oh. you see any results to come yeah. from it. Yeah, so I hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the most two annoying words well, in my you're world. Bullshit on it because you've seen yeah. that the opposite happens. Exactly. You get quick results from podcasting if you line up your ducks in a row really well and do it with you. So I say, as is it a long game or is it a long term strategy? Like that. Yeah. So it's that long game. It just sounds like a piece of string. <laughs> so yeah. it's a long term strategy. Long term doesn't mean that you have to wait a year, 18 months, oh. which is what the gurus back when I started. I don't know if they're saying that now because I'm in a totally different headspace. But back then, a year, 18 months, you know, slog hard, work hard, put in the effort. You'll see the results in the long run. No. My clients have done it two weeks after their launch. It's usually in the first 90 days. And when I say results, it doesn't have to be financial. It really depends on what your goals are, how you want your podcast to support the growth of your show. So that's misconception. Yeah, give me some examples of non-financial wins from podcast ever. So non-financial. So a really great example. One of my clients from last year, she is a communications coach. She knows that she's good. Her clients say to her, oh my goodness, you need to put all this information out there. But like all of us, we're busy. Our client work, she was running a very successful coaching business. And so she didn't always have the time. I say always. 99.9% of the time to market her own business. And so we met and she really wants to create content consistently. And this is something that's not talked about all the time. Anyone listening and thinking, oh, how could I possibly add a podcast to my already full schedule? If you are showing up on social media, you have time for a podcast. Like, I just wish I could get a billboard and stick it in every country in this world. If you are spending, goodness knows, how many hours on social media doing 10 to 15 to 20 stories a day, you have time to create a 20 minute episode that your ideal client, ideal listener slash ideal client, same person, will consume as they're getting their kids bathed, as they're running on their, you know, you see those women running on the treadmill while they're working. Whatever. (laughs) I'm like, how do you? And my head would be moving too much to like see a fixed screen. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. 
But whatever your ideal client is doing, you become part of their routine as opposed to relying on Instagram to show our stuff to our ideal person. Like a podcast listener will listen to at least 75% of your podcast episode. That's usually when you start tailing off, when you've given the juice, you've given the value and then they can tell and then they're like, okay, what's the next episode? But with Instagram or Facebook or wherever you hang out, First, you need to hope that they see your post. Yeah. <laughs> and then secondly, you need to hope that it catches their attention to the point where they read the cat. There's just so many different factors. So absolutely, you have time to start a podcast and where the content piece comes in, which is where my client really excelled, is you repurpose that yeah. podcast episode. If you take the time to outline it to start, like we're not showing up to the mic and just talking fairies and goggly goop. We are going to take the time to be strategic in what we're talking about. What do our yeah. ideal clients need to hear? Yeah. Pick a topic, dissect it, and really speak to what they need to hear. And then we yeah. are going to pull apart. You can create fifth, at least 15 pieces of content from a 20 minute episode if you've got like lots uh, of gold in it and yeah. then you get give it to a VA if you want but you schedule it two to three social media posts you've got email newsletter maybe your show notes then become a LinkedIn article and then you just engage on your socials if you want to that is what my client did she did we did season one was 12 episodes and by the end of those 12 episodes she really found her flow Season two, we kicked off, I think, six weeks later. She took the month to kind of prep. And by season two, she was ready to hire a VA to offload. A VA was never, like when we started talking about her goals and stuff, the VA never came up. So that's one of the non-financial goals. As I mentioned, my client got a resident coaching. To be honest, I don't know if that was paid or unpaid. But I've had guest expert opportunities as a result Maybe I had someone as a guest on my show. We really connected. Yeah. They invited me into their community. It's all about visibility. It's all about yeah. building relationships. Not every, I mean, Legion is fabulous, right? Like you talked about. Yeah. Really shortening that sales process, that sales cycle. But there's so much. Yeah. Like I know other people who've got book deals. I know oh. someone, one of my old clients who, I don't think it was necessarily as part of her launch, but... Because of our podcast, she connected with someone who no longer wanted her Facebook group and it was full of her ideal clients. And so there was a bit of a, I don't know if that's legal or not, but there was a bit of a something and she got like thousands of her ideal clients in this Facebook group, all because of a podcast interview on either one of those shows. I can't remember which way it was. cross collaboration, right? Either having your right and bringing guests on or guesting on someone else's because there's also so much power in being a guest on someone else's because your audience crosses over and they're either complimentary or your type of people. It's so, so good. And it kind of also just stamps your authority and your expertise louder and wider and prouder. Yes. Oh, I love that. Louder and wider. I might steal that from you, Mel. (laughs) Wider and prouder. I love it. Yeah. Because I noticed that shift when I started mine, I was like, who's going to listen to my ramblings? And I did a lot of guests in the beginning because I was hiding behind it. And you would be pleased to know. By the time this comes out, there will have been a summer of just single stylo episodes. Excellent. Because I'm driving towards a launch. Yeah. will probably have happened by now. Um, so it really is about being able to position yourself because that was the vibe. As soon as I like, I got a podcast, people were like, oh, but it's mm-hmm. a long form. It's a beautiful, for me, it's a beautiful creative expression. It's a long yes. form way of not having to be like, let's do a clickbaity caption and you know, stressing over that. I'm like, these are my unfiltered thoughts because I'm a story queen. That's yeah. my thing. I've always sold off stories. So like off the cuff chat is a lot easier. And when I'm just being myself, getting my message across, whether it's doing a case study or whatever that is, it's fun and playful for me and creative. I don't have to censor myself in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And it builds the authority. You know, if you want to swear your podcast, just mark it explicit and go for it. Like no one's going to, yeah, no one's going to say anything to you. No one's, do you remember when Instagram, I don't know if they still do it, but Instagram used to beat your F-bombs or whatever oh, words. Yeah. The, the captions still do that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, Beep. and I'm like. <laughs> so with your podcast, I love what you said. You can just be creative. You can be authentic. It really is a powerful, powerful platform. 
Um, and I love what you said. That's another thing. People hiding behind guest interviews. I was the opposite, as I mentioned. Guest interviews scared the crap out of me. But <laughs> it's weird. It is weird just sitting down talking into a mic. But yeah. the more you do it, the more you'll find it more comfortable. But your podcast is your stage. This is something that I learned from Heather Sager, who's a speaking expert. And I was listening to her podcast, I remember it was called The Anti-Hustle or something. I can't remember. But she talked about before you go on other people's stages, you need uh, to start with your own. And one of those stages could be your podcast. So if one of your dreams is to be a paid speaker, you need to start with your podcast. So something you talked about earlier in terms of cross-collaboration, when you interview people or you go on, you guest on other shows. Something I'll add to that uh, is if you promote your show in lots of different places, you just don't know who's going to come across your podcast. That certainly happened to a few of my clients. And you just uh, don't know what they're planning. They could be planning a conference. They could be planning a summit, whatever it might be. So that is the visibility. Podcasts are global. I had a client last week who charted in Moldova. I had to Google, like, where the heck is in Moldova? But she's in Canada. And Amazing. so someone in Moldova, God knows how many miles that is, but across the water is listening to her podcast about postpartum trauma. Oh, isn't That's that amazing. powerful? Yeah. Like, can it is you incredible. say that about social media? No, <laughs> you really can't. So I, I, I definitely, like, I logged into my insights and stuff yesterday, and I was like, there's 24 countries that yeah. have heard my podcast since it's launched in March. And that blew my mind. And I was like, I got very touched. Yeah. By this hat that it's very humbling. Totally yeah. It is. It is. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of like, if the listeners are thinking of starting a podcast, mm. hint, hint, half my friends, please go and do it. Um, you know who you are. Just send them. We can have a 15 minute chat. Like by the <laughs> time we're done, they'll be sold. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are a few useful things that a business owner who's thinking of doing a podcast yeah. can do today to prepare to have that podcast? So there are five, five, we'll see how many questions I come up with. Really? But as part of my podcast strategy that I create with my clients, I have four phases of the framework. And oh. phase one is all about setting the foundations. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, Mel and Rosemary, okay, I'm one step, okay. In my mind, I'm a little bit closer. Maybe this could work for me. It can. But I would start with, why do you want to start a podcast? Because similar to our business, when we start to go off track in our business, it's our why that brings us back into Zen. The same with your podcast. I'm not here to say there aren't going to be moments in your podcasting journey. It's not all sunshine and flowers. Podcasting is a powerful platform, but there are there are moments where you think, is this working? Especially unlike social media, where someone can drop a comment under your post. Podcasting, yes. you can't always... It's harder to get those reactions. Yeah, get those reactions. Is this landing? You ask people for feedback. Sometimes they don't respond. And so you go into a whole spiral. So <laughs> get clear on why you want to start a podcast. And link to that are around the goals. So I get my clients to focus on two goals, primary, secondary. So what would your primary goal be? What would your secondary goal be? Secondly, how will the podcast fit into your current marketing strategy? I gave you a little bit of a tip earlier in terms of how it simplifies and streamlines Great content creation. So, yeah. you know. You can add that to your little notebook and <laughs> give you a little bit of tip and just there. To, just to pause there that's really yeah. helpful for the audience. I've recently, I'm in, um, invested in an email marketing program and mm. it's amazing because I'm such a long form, always been a long form writer, yeah. I'm an ex-journalist, so I love wittering on. But I wanted my emails to get even better, yeah. to have a place where people went, it, Instagram went down, I wasn't crying. Yeah. And I love writing, so it made sense. Yeah. And I'm now writing emails and going, a really good podcast episode so and then doing the podcast recording and then the like the summary the show note becomes the content and the captions and yeah it's beautiful just like long form email podcast instagram and linkedin content it just flows it is chef's kiss it makes my life 
so much easier. Yeah. But there's a question that will probably come up with people going, yeah, but what if like they read the email that don't want to listen to the podcast? Not everyone listens or reads every single piece of your content exactly. and they consume content differently. Exactly. So someone might like to read your email on the way to work and someone yeah. might like to listen to your podcast or they're putting the kids to bed. Yeah. I love that. I would, it obviously depends on your strengths because there is this argument of blog, podcast, YouTube. And in my world, like, which one do I start? I should, that's probably a blog post of my own or a podcast episode. But in my world, podcast is easier. But if like you, Mel, I love that you're using your journalist background. You love writing. I hate that's my worst nightmare. I hate writing. So if it's easier for you, for you to put the email at the top, then fine. I'm not going to sit here and say, you must have a podcast at the top. Whatever works best for you. But yes, not everyone listens to audio. People love video. People like to read the email. Some people like to read a blog post. So just kind of think about how can I make this podcast work for my business? A lot of people start a podcast for the hell of it. They just bring their biz besties on and there's no, there's no plan, yeah. plan. There's no strategy. Like what is yeah. the strategy? And then. Yeah. Like what is, what is the end game for it? Cause it has exactly. to be a part of the plan. It has to get you something. If you're loading into this marketing effort, True. it means to contribute to your business. Cause we yeah. can all have fun hobbies, but ultimately we're going to fluff along without a point or a purpose to the yeah. And I love you said that. Do you want to start a business podcast or do you want to start a hobby? There's nothing wrong with starting a hobby podcast, but then you can't get vexed if you then don't see anything from it because you're going in. Because I've seen that. Oh, podcast doesn't work. I've never got one lead. But then when I look, I'm like, huh? <laughs> so go in with the intention, which is why I talked about the why. We talked about goals and getting clear on those and then thirdly getting really clear on who your show is for so again as a business owner you I'm not saying that you need to do the whole ideal avatar but if you it, help. it helps well it also helps to be really if you're already clear on who you help how you help them and you've got client results you've got results for your clients navigating into a, a podcast that grows your business income visibility all the things makes it easier so if you're newer yeah. in your business and you are still navigating business life just part the podcast on the vision board for now <laughs> yeah you just haven't got enough clarity exactly i normally work with entrepreneurs who are at least two years some people might have clarity a lot sooner so i'm not discriminating but at least kind yeah. of two years in they're getting those clients they've grown a little bit of an audience although you can start a podcast without an audience. That's another misconception. You don't need a huge audience to start. Your podcast helps grow your audience, but you just need to be really, really clear about who your show is for. Fourth question, what problem are you trying to solve? Very closely connected to question number three. So again, when we're uh, podcasting for business, we are not just talking about, if you're a mindset coach, we're not just going to show up and talk about, I don't know mindset strategies and practical tips like I mean we all struggle with mindset regardless of where we are <laughs> in our journey but how does that show up for your ideal clients so do you work with moms of toddlers how do and they want to start a business or do they want to move out of their nine to five what problem is she or he experiencing that your your podcast can help solve it's all about a strategy and then I would say Number five, although this slightly goes into my second phase, is to think about, actually, no, we'll, we'll backtrack. So question number five would then be, what transformation do you want your listeners slash ideal clients? Whenever I say listeners, I want you to hear ideal clients because <laughs> that's who we want to attract with our podcast. So they listen to your show. What do you want them to walk away with? What uh -huh. aha moment, what small action step. Again, this is where I went uh -huh. wrong so I can say it from the deepest yeah. of my tummy. I spent at least 12 months just creating. I loved it. There's no regret. I've had many women launch their podcasts because of my podcast because I gave them step by step by step. That's not what we want to do. We want to shift perspectives. Uh -huh. We want them to feel seen. We want them to feel heard. It's almost like taking your best Instagram content I'm putting it into your podcast episode, but because it's audio, it just amplifies that message. So with the right strategy, oh, 
you are able to connect with them on a deeper level, but you need to be really strategic about what you talk about. So to quickly recap your why, two goals, primary, secondary, how is it going to serve your or support your business's growth? Who are you speaking to? Go back to your listener, your ideal client avatar, if that helps you. The problem that your podcast will solve and the transformation that you want those listeners to walk away with. So that's kind of the first set in the foundations. If there's nothing else that anyone does today who's thinking of having a podcast, that's so tangible yes. because it makes so much sense. Yeah. It's the intentionality meets building connection because that's the piece of it, right? Yeah. Is where we build connections. Like I've, I listen, I've listened to podcasts, the same podcast for years. I feel like I know the person if I bumped into them on the street. And I'd have a chat yeah. because we're also able to get the vibes yes. of the connection piece. Yeah. It's the intention, it's the connection yeah. piece, and it's the conversion. I love that so much. I'm but, like, my work here is done. I have other questions, but we've answered them all. I'm like, oh, excellent. What makes what makes a podcast successful? All of these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> podcast, a strategy. The short answer yeah. to that question is a strategy. Don't, I'm yeah. no, no disrespect, no disregard to messy action. But I am of the personal belief that there's certain things in my business that I will take messy action on. And then there's, I don't even know, not messy action, but I'll just kind of figure it out. And then there's other things in my business that I know someone else can set me up and I'm on my way. And that's what I do for my clients, because I know the launch bit is the overwhelming bit. It's the bit that has so many pieces, but we launch and then I set them up for after if they want to come back in six months we'll do additional strategy strategy sessions because maybe things have shifted in their business and that's an important part your podcast is going to evolve with you like think of my own journey when I started as a podcast manager I was very teach 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 I still do a little bit of teaching now but if you listen to my podcast the podcast to amplify show I am more about empowering my listeners to see the value of podcasting. So I'm addressing their objections. I'm dispelling those myths. And I will tell them, this is my offer. <laughs> you need to yeah. get in right now. Um, so it's it's very much like Instagram times 100, in yeah. my opinion. It really it is. is. It really, really is. Okay, final question. Okay. What's the best bit of your job? Yeah. Why do you love it so much? Oh, the strategy. Now that I've really, I've spent quite a bit of time studying other podcast experts, adding my own little bit of flair, learning from my own clients, the good, the bad, the in-between. Oh my God. And for me, that 90 minute strategy call that I have with all my clients, that's where we start. A lot of them, what tech? Oh, we need to talk about the tech. Please, please don't, don't, don't worry about the tech. Everyone starts a podcast. Oh my God, what tech? How do I record people? Blue Yeti mic and all this stuff. Don't get a Blue Yeti mic. Unless you have like a soundproof room podcast studio in your house, a Blue Yeti Uh mic is going to catch the cat crawling a hundred miles away from Maybe not hundreds. Funny how they got those likes got such a reputation as like the because thing. they're cute, they're aesthetically pleasing. I fell into that. I am very much. I eat with my eyes. I know it's a yeti mic, but just work with me. If it looks pretty, and yetis are pretty, they come in different colors. And so I got one. And now, as you can see, I've got a shore and the quality, more expensive, don't get me wrong, but the quality is so much different. We won't go into the different types of mic, but my point, my main point is you remember my five questions. There's nothing about tech. You can work the tech out. The tech is the least of your problems. So when I have my strategy sessions and people want to try and cut me off with, oh, what what mic? I have a PDF for you. (laughs) We are not talking about microphones. We're not wasting time on tech. Let's get to the intention. (laughs) I have resources, a bunch of resources. You will be good. That's fine. Just for for me, the podcast strategy, asking them questions. I have given you a flavor of some of the questions to start off with. But when my clients work with me, we go deeper and just kind of, oh, I did it. And just kind of seeing, or they might come on the call with one podcast idea And then at the end of the call, they've left with a total different idea because of that fear of I don't want a niche or that thing of I should speak to this person. 
So for me, it's the aha, the the deep thinking. I can almost see the wheels turning. Mm. And then after that, it's for me, it's creating. It, it's like I've got a couple of team members who do the pieces that I hate doing. But for me, it's that VIP day when I am creating their trailer, their intro, their outro. I'm editing their episodes. And oh my goodness, their trailer goes live the next day. And usually my clients in America, so I'm up, I'm awake before them. And so I'm able to send them a screenshot of their trailer live on Apple Podcasts. And usually it's it's either a voice note or lots of capital letters, but it's usually a huge <laughs> scream. Like, oh my God, I've had tears. I've had, I've had all oh. like that for me is everything because my clients have usually wanted to start a podcast for at least the average is two to three years. I had one that was 11 years. Yeah. Oh. She sent me a screenshot of Ow. her journal. This was December we launched. So 11 years before that, my math is terrible. But she sent me a screenshot of start a podcast 11 years prior oh to that. And so sending them that that screenshot oh. and letting them know, okay, it's out there. That for me is everything. But it everything. sounds like the whole body of work is deeply satisfying from the conception, the guidance, the strategy yeah. to seeing it launch and seeing these women be so happy, yeah. lit up and successful and then see it because you'll probably follow them on that journey seeing where it I leads to. I them thereafter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are you not promoting? <laughs> why do you miss the week? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Quick yeah. question. I know I said I was wrapping up, but I do have one more. It's just you're just too good. Um, if somebody is like, "Oh, I'm not. I want the podcast. I'm not quite ready, but I'd like to do another people's podcast." Have you got a couple of quick tips for going out and finding and pitching to other people's podcasts? Yes. So I do have a couple episodes. Of course, I cannot remember what they are right Link now. Them in the show but notes. yeah, I'll send them uh-huh. amazing conversations with Christina Lenkowski, who is a podcast guest publicist expert. Um, but some of my own would be pick podcasts that are aligned. So uh. pick one or two topics that you obviously expert in. And this is key. Yeah, the topics, the is topics key. are key. People go into podcast getting I'd like to be on your podcast. And as I receive podcast yes. pitches, I'm like, why? <laughs> Tell me why. Isn't it great to be Have a you host? Listened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I'm a little bit of a bitch sometimes, but I'm like, Tell me how you're relevant. Like it's a and it's a generic cut yeah, and paste pitch. That's that a no no. Like, topics make it easy for me as a host to be like, they're so relevant. I can see that you and our mm. audiences are complementary. Yeah. You've told me a couple of topics and I've got ideas for how we can make that a podcast yes. episode. It, my job is easier when you give me topics that you're pitching to talk about on my podcast. And, you know, occasionally you might want to, you know, veer left. That's okay. Maybe one or two a year. But generally, the whole point of podcast guesting is getting in front, borrowing someone else's audience and their audience needs to be who you want to get in front of. And so you need to... Be really selective with who you approach. And as you said, pitch, but make it really specific. Please don't copy and paste the same thing. Listen to a couple podcast episodes, connect with them on Instagram, um, engage with some of their posts so that when you do pitch, usually by email, although some people say DM is fine, they recognize your name. And then, you know, kind of go from there. But don't just, oh, they look like fun. (laughs) And then just... No, because it's not. And this is something I've learned myself. Like I mentioned before, I've probably done about maybe 10, but there are two podcast interviews that have brought me clients. One of them is one of my own clients. We launched her back in February last year. 18 months later, I'm still getting clients from her. We recorded it last summer. So a year later. So you have to be really strategic which is why I've expanded my niche to therapists because she's a business coach for therapists. So her audience is, and I'm just getting bombarded <laughs> therapists. And so I thought, I actually love working with therapists. I should make it official. I don't know if you saw my stories, but over the I weekend, did. I was like, right, it's official. I work with female business coaches and therapists. So that's what you want because podcasts are evergreen. You want to put your best content in front of your right people so that it works for you forever and ever and ever. I think where I went wrong was very much, I didn't have a strategy with most of them and it was very how to. 
where I've learned now, I talk about profitable podcasts and impactful podcasting. I will no longer go on a podcast and talk about how to start. It will be from a strategic angle rather than you need this yeah. step one, you need this step two, which is what I did before. So be really, really clear about what it is you want to talk about. And thirdly, I learned this from the amazing Kelly Mosa who's the podcast guesting queen, but have a clear call to action. Like, where do you want people to go? But make sure it's, don't just send them to Instagram. Like, be really strategic. Is it your website where you host everything? Is it to your podcast because you know that they could be nurtured there? Like, be really thoughtful around where you can send them. There's a lot more, but those would be the top threes. Amazing. Amazing. And in the spirit of that, where can people find you and how can they listen to you? And how can they work with you? Yes. So as we talked about, I'm a podcast launch strategist. I specialize in launching podcasts, impactful, profitable podcasts for female business coaches and therapists. I hang on Instagram. My handle is at too busy to podcast, but really you can find out all the things on my website, toobusytopodcast.co.uk, podcast, the quiz, all the things, the podcast to amplify show. And if you are looking, you're inspired by this episode and you are ready to go, my VIP day is for you. Your podcast could be live and in the ears of the women who need to hear your message in two weeks, two weeks. So let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. So much. Thank you so much for having this conversation. I really appreciate you. No, it's a pleasure. And I'm so glad. I feel like we have inspired and motivated many female entrepreneurs to step into podcasting because it's an amazing platform. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful you hit play. And if you liked what you heard, please leave a review, especially on Apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you love this and think someone else would too, then don't be shy. Share it with them. Let's inspire even more women. And every year I will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship. And the time is now. So if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me, head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply. Good luck.